Hey, y'all. Uh, Brace here. Um, I'm here with my good f- female friend. Liz, hi. And, of course, our third uh, male friend, Young Chomsky. And I just want to get some stuff out of the way before we— I feel like we feel comfortable starting this episode. Just to, like, clear the air. Totally clear the air here. Yeah, get some, you know— Distance between us, maybe, and some other people, too. Yeah, we've seen a lot of stuff coming out on social media, on the Reddit forums, Mm -hmm. discords. And I think it's just good if we, like, get something official out there from our mouths— you know, so there's not a lot—you know, kind of put it into the gossip and the rumor mill and all of that. So just up front, you know, out the gates, we fully denounce Adam Friedland. 100%. I mean, I've been doing that for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I mean, he is he is just like yeah. persona non grata. Um, I mean, Liz never trusts him because he's Jewish. I didn't like him um, just because—well, also because of that, but sort of like a rivalry thing. Uh and it's just like we just want to say, like we have no ties to that show or anything like that. I don't even know what the show is. But I think more importantly than that, like I think we need to just like talk about accountability, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not in the abstract. I mean, like really, like let's bring it down to earth. You yeah. know what I mean? And like talk specifics. Matt Healy, uh, the musician from the band the Nineteen Seventy Five. Which I'm going to be just, you know, again, up front with you guys. Both Liz and I, I believe, think that was Death from Above 1979. Okay, so wait. I, this is what I need to clear the air about. Yeah. I do not know, one, who this person is, two, what this band is, three, thought this band was actually a different band. Yeah. Which, when you well, just, I've also never heard. Just right now, you said the 1975, and I went, damn, it's not the 1979? You did say that earlier, and we did both, neither Dan Chomsky nor I corrected you. Yeah, you didn't you. correct me. What's up with that? Oh, is that like a woman thing? Mm, yeah, oh. you don't, you start crying. But we don't, we're not doing that today, okay? We're supporting our women here. So the 1979 is a band that, I, were they around, Young Chomsky, you like this kind of shit. Were they, okay, you, okay he did the like hand to the side, like, eh, thing. Were they are are they contemporaries or the same band as Death from Above 1979? No, they're more recent. They're more recent because that one was from like that's 15 like years Vice, ago, right? Vice magazine. Okay, music. I legit thought this was that band. Absolutely, I, I was I like, did the wow, same. wasn't that a band of like Alexa Chung time? Don't know who Crazy that is. Crazy that either. they still are around. Uh, yeah, but I think she's I, like forty now. It's it's so what this guy is. He's a musician. Uh, from England. Um, See, that's again, I just assumed. It yeah. seems like the same thing. And I guess a while ago he went on uh, the Adam Freeland podcast, which is like come town but more racist, I guess. And You've been on it. Um, uh, so they uh, – he went on that podcast and I guess I, I didn't – I don't have the article up. Anymore. No, here it is. Uh, oh, no, this is about Bill Gates. Uh, so he said – Things about Ice Spice, who is a musician. Yes. Uh, and he said that he had DM'd her. Uh-huh. And Doja uh, Cat. Okay. Uh, he was just, like, bragging about... I'm going to... So, to be... To quote Brace and be fully for real with you for a second, I don't even know what any of this is about, but I'm very excited. What did he... I, I don't know what he said about either of them or about anyone. 
So in another instance, this is from Lone Stone. In another instance, the host encouraged Healy to message the rapper on Instagram for clarity. So you slide into her D. De- oh, actually, you know what? I'll do his real voice. <laughs> so you slide into her DMs and, and ask, what are you? Are you fucking Eskimo or something? Uh, and Matt what? Healy apparently laughs along. Well, he's trying to be nice to Adam. He's trying right? to be nice to Adam. Yeah, um, that's what a lot of a lot of young men like to do is laugh along to Adam Friedland, quote unquote jokes. So, which by the way, they're not jokes. So, cut to some amount of time later. Not entirely sure how long. Okay, some amount of time later, Matt Healy begins dating. This is hard, kind of hard for me. Um, to talk about, but he starts dating Taylor Swift. Allegedly. Allegedly dating Taylor. I can't tell if that's real or not. It seems like that, it seems- regardless, it seems like her people want you to believe that it's real. And so to us little, you know, little gumshoes on the ground and mm-hmm. not high up in the mighty skies of celebrity dumb, mm-hmm. it's real to us. It's real to us. It's super real to me, honestly. It's, it's, I'll be, I'll be, it, it's, it's kind of taken over my life. Look, just reality to, you know? is what Taylor Swift's publicist says it is. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. always saying. And so they begin dating. She she is broken up with her long-term boyfriend whose name I do not have in front of me, but um, – There's always – Someone, you know. She's a serial I'm sure he dater. did something. And they're broken up and now she's together with just this guy who's just seems – Problematic to me. I mean, mm. just like he says things that are, according to a meme I saw earlier, um, most of the different phobias and some of the isms as well. Mm. And I just want to like, I want to talk to. I know she's a listener to the show, and I want to talk directly to Taylor right now. That's <laughs> all I do is. If Taylor Swift is listening to the show, by the way, that's crazy. That's, well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> she only listens to my parts. Um, Taylor, my name is Brace. I know you've seen the DMs because it says that on Instagram when someone sees them. Uh, you haven't responded probably because your people are preventing you from doing that. Um, but I just want to put it out there. This guy is not right for you. I know you just got out of a long relationship, right? And you're probably confused and you're like, oh, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm 33, which that's crazy. I am too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm entering sort of the twilight years of my life. Honestly, just statistically will die soon, you know, just of age. And I'm afraid of ending up alone is what your thoughts are. And I want to tell you this, that I get it. I understand. I don't think that this guy does. Okay. I think he is, is a problem for you. And obviously a problem for your PR. A lot of your fans are not very happy with this. And I think that you could do better. Um, I know that you could do better. And I just want to put out there, like, I have been a big fan of your work for the past amount of time. And that I just, like, it's not even beyond that. Like, I just, like, I'm a fan of you as a person. And I think that, like, if you and I got together, we could make something beautiful. It's like, what's H2O, right? Two parts uh, oxygen and one part hydrogen. And to me, I'm hydrogen and you're my oxygen. And I feel like if I'm not with you, I can't breathe. Um, and I'm, I might die. Uh, and I just want to say that we denounce in the strongest terms whoever you're dating at any point in time. Um, 
and any podcasts that they're associated with. And I just want to say, like, not all podcasters are like that, okay? Not all podcasters are like that. Some of us are different than that. And the podcast I think that you should maybe get together with, Taylor, it's, it's called True or Not. Ladies and gentlemen, we are we are interrupting our own podcast episode to bring you a special announcement from the same people who do the rest of the podcast episode, but maybe forgot to add this part. Like, but maybe I should do it in a different voice. So, hello, everyone. Is this a different voice? No, No, this is my same voice. Same voice, but a little. Wait, what about like? um, Wait, let me try and do Bray's voice. Hello. Wait, no, that's not. Wow. No, do it. Say the say it like that, Liz. No, I'm not gonna say it like that. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, we have a little announcement. Wee wee. Wait, that's not the announcement sound, is it? Maybe it should be like do do. No, not honking. Boo. That's not honking. It's backing up a big ass truck. Okay, no, this one is the do do announcement sound, which is that we have this new cool thing, and by we, I mean Patreon. Which is that we? You can get um, <laughs> the coolest the Patreon, the coolest, most left wing website in the world. No, they have this thing now called trial subscriptions, which is so cool. I think <laughs> so. You can sign up uh-huh. and basically try it out, and you can be like, I don't know about these guys. I'm a little unsure. Yeah, this lady seems like maybe maybe they've got something something over there that I might like, but I don't know. I don't want to commit because I have issues that I'm working out with my analyst right now. I'm a 21-year-old. Or I'm a 21-year-old and, and I'm so scared of commitment. Grow up, I don't know. Bitch. I don't know. Just you guess, the, guess, guess what? Find somebody with the same incurable STD as you. That's your life partner. Spoiler alert. We talk about that later. Uh, yeah, we do. We do. And spoiler alert, it'll make you go crazy. So wait, I don't, did we explain what the thing is? No, you won't let me. So it's a trial subscription. You sign up. You get to try us out for seven days for free. Mm-hmm. You can listen to all the episodes. Every episode. Just like one, two, two three, four, four. I don't know five, how many there. Six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten, and eleven. You won't be charged for seven days, but here's the catch. After seven days, you're charged five hundred dollars. <laughs> no, you get charged the normal amount. If you don't cancel, which that's a little trick they try to trick you, but just cancel. It's like the. It's like the. Listen, but don't cancel because actually you're going to sign up and then you're going to join us on Patreon, where we do really cool stuff. We do so much crazy. Stuff. We have really cool stuff coming up. That's, actually, we yeah we do we do next week yes so wait in more than seven actually no by the time this comes out I love doing like reads like this we could talk about the tour we could talk about we have to promote something and it is just young Chomsky is laughing so hard because he can't believe how bad we are at it but you say bad I say good I say seven day free trial thing now up on Patreon if you want to go on to that do that for the detective tier that is the five dollar tier and to make this clear the one dollar tier doesn't really get you anything you get discord access which, which is a thing that I know, but I see you in there. I, I'm in there. Hey, you're so fucking intelligent for your age. That's great. No, I can help you. He's on his I, Kevin Durant. All I can't help you in my. I can help you calculus. Oh, I'm so good at that. 
go into the private room with me. <laughs> yeah, sign up there. It is patreon.com slash pod. All right, tears are being wiped from cheeks, and we're ready to start the show. Tears because we don't have tickets to Eras, which is this weekend, mm-hmm. which I did ask you to ask about. Who was I supposed to ask about? You're supposed to ask Adam. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think he, that's the last person who could do that. I feel like that's the first person who could do that. No. I don't know anyone else. No, I am. I don't uh, even know him. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I just I, know you. I don't think that we can. And your name is? My name is Brace Bell Den. Uh, you know, and you know what? I just want to put this out there. I'm also gay, Taylor Swift. So if just you, if that makes you feel more comfortable. We have with me today. I'm Liz. And of course, producer Young Chomsky. The podcast is called True Anon. Hello. Hello. And uh, I'm a bit of a musician myself, as evidenced by. It's sort of a harsh. Do you gong consider here. someone who hits a gong a musician? I don't know. One <laughs> you wonders. Do? Wow, Young you Chomsky do? is nodding like emphatically. I. It's an orchestra. In an orchestra, but I'm not talking about in an orchestra. In an orchestra, everyone's a musician, everyone's including a musician. the conductor. Mm. Yeah, waving it like a wands around. No, it's literally a musician. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What does but, that mean? What if you did well, it at the wrong time? But that's my now thing, you're judging after the fact. My thing is here is if you have a gong in a ceremonial role, such as before a sumo wrestling match, mm. or when the when the dragon is rising from the volcano, or at a wake. Wh- they gong at wakes? Well, inappropriately, probably. Yeah, that's true. Or you know, just like honestly. When kind of a big guy walks by, right? Like our Oompa Bands musicians. Mm. if Because oftentimes Oompa Bands fall around sort of corpulent individuals. They walk in a sort of rhythmic fashion. One leg, other leg. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Are those beat, guys musicians beat. or are they pranksters? It'll be this. Mm. Um, I am not playing music right now. In fact, I'm doing a sound effect. And the sound effect is to start our show. And we have a bit of a grab bag for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get into all that stuff, I feel like because I got you here, we have to talk about putting Ron DeSantis's presidential announcement, which actually, before we even get into that, I want to say that I just saw on the way here, Chris Wade, friend of the show, tweeted that Ron DeSantis's middle name is Dion. His name is Ron Dion DeSantis. Really? Ron Dion DeSantis. Ron? I can't stop saying it in my head. Ron Dion DeSantis. That's no. How do you spell that? Like Dion the like musician? Dion Sanders. Wow, it is. That's crazy. Ron Dion DeSantis, and it's so weird because it's simultaneously like very musical. Ron Dion. It's very like. Lyric mm-hmm. and also insanely awkward and strange. I don't like it. Yeah, Dion's a crazy ass middle name. Um, we got to talk about before we actually talk about whatever else we were going to talk about. We got to talk about the guy's voice. <laughs> We've talked about it before. We've talked about it before. We are doing. By the way, this is I feel like very like normal like true and on like we're doing like our past few episodes and this episode is like our normal podcast. 
like we're doing like a very normal podcast. If that makes any sense to you. That's how I'm thinking in my head. It's like we're doing like a normal podcast. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so Ron DeSantis' voice is a perfect subject for that. <laughs> what would how would you describe it? Um, it is both let's say I find it shocking but not surprising. Okay. Yeah. Uh, every time I hear it, it's like I've never heard it before. And it I'm d- like I'm like shocked into like Oh my God, that's his voice again? It, and then it's like, yeah, he looks like his voice would be that obnoxious. It's sort of like, you know how when you picture toads talking, right? Like sometimes if you see like a toad or a frog on the street, you imagine what it would say to you and what that voice would sound like, right? But I feel like a really skinny frog, not mm-hmm. the one, the, not the guy who dances, not that fucking guy with the tie and tails. But I'm saying like a little skinnier frog. Okay. He would sound like he's been like, like, like squeezed out. And I've heard some people say that he has gay voice. And I want to clear something up here. He does not. He has like a cousin of that, but there's a certain kind of guy from the south. From I'm sp- thinking specifically in North Carolina, or excuse me, South Carolina here, mm-hmm. that has this kind of voice that ignorant coastal liberal elites who do you know, I'm going to be honest with you, veiled homophobia deride his gay, gay voice, mm. but it's not. It's something else. What you know? is it? It's like it's like son of a boatman voice. A, well, what kind of boatman? A uh, hobby boatman. Hobby boatman. It is It is the it's son of a, a sailor, hobby boatman voice. But just right. a guy who has a boat. I mean, this motherfucker went to like Yale and Harvard. I mean, it's just... You know, it's not like it's like he's trying to do like down home HOA voice. He was in the Navy. Can you imagine getting black bagged on like a a farm in Afghanistan and being illegally renditioned to Guantanamo Bay? And then Ron DeSantis is there, like Mm -hmm. one of the guys yelling, horrible. Uh, He decided the thing is, the guy's a handsome guy. I would say he's a 10. Out of whatever number you'd like. And so his decision to do a voice-only presidential (laughs) announcement, I got to tell you, people call McCain the maverick, right? Mm. Because most people are like, airplanes should fly. He had different ideas. DeSantis was like, I should just talk. It's the least charismatic thing about him and – yeah, I mean, I don't think that he, much of his other senses are are really doing that much work for him. Including his eyes because, boy, if I had that lady Christina Pushaw working for me, I would yelp in terror every time she sashayed into the motherfucking room. Did you watch it? Did you watch the Twitter space? I, there's nothing to watch. <laughs> or I, used, I call it watching because you're looking at your phone when you click it to I, go on. <laughs> I did listen to the... So for, for those of you who are living under a fucking rock next to Ron DeSantis' skinny frog body, uh, Ron DeSantis... The Florida governor announced his presidential run on Twitter in a di- space with David Sachs. A space. A space. So he did buys and spaces with David Sachs and Elon Musk. And uh, <laughs> I did listen to it, and I tried to listen to it at first, and it was just like – so you know how you're in the same room as somebody, and you're both on speakerphone, mm. and you talk into one, and it creates, like, this insane, fucked-up feedback loop, and it's just, like, a nightmare to listen to. It's horrible. It's, like, 
yeah, yeah, back yeah, and yeah, forth, yeah. echoing. That was the first 20 minutes, yeah, I would say. <laughs> if you just like clicked into it, like, oh, I kind of missed it. Let me see what's up. There was nothing. It was nothing. It was 20 minutes, and they're talking about allocating. Sur- I mean, I just had to stop listening because I was yeah. losing my headphones, taking a walk, and I was like, I can't. I can't be fucking around with this. <laughs> they did fix it. After and like 25 minutes. After a while, uh, they uh, they decided to switch, I guess, to David Sachs's account. And um, it was – part of me at first thought that Ron's like spiel was pre-recorded. But it was really – it was like half Ron DeSantis saying some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm the president, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then the other half, I would say, was – nakedly an ad for Twitter and Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, just like David Sachs and Musk kind of going back and forth congratulating each other on how cool it was that they were doing this and that how Ron DeSantis could talk directly to the people or whatever and like not be censored. Uh, it was it was boring. It was really boring and also really pathetic. Um I don't know. I just, at some point, I started to kind of feel bad for him, which is like a crazy thing to say about such a fucking moron. He's short, <laughs> like, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He reads short. I think that's like Trump's whole thing now is that Ron is short. Um, Trump is He sounds and reads him. short, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, it just was like I, – I, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. I was like, who in their right mind would think this is a good idea to launch – a presidential campaign who a lot of people I think think is like the guy that's gonna be the one to take down Trump or whatever. Yeah, I think I think his partisans who you can already t- it's like they're like the like hanger on like they're like the Elizabeth Warren people like when it was like far like after the first few primaries happened it, it was like clear that nobody but a, like librarians wanted to vote for her. Mm. Uh they're like how those people were. But like, it's like whatever. punk rock librarians. It, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like quirky librarian. <laughs> or like not like punk rock, but like Miss Frizzle kind of like. That's, like, yeah. I'm a weird librarian. Uh, but uh, it's like they're like those kind of people. It's like, bro, what are you doing? You're fucking deluding yourself. And uh, it was just, I mean, he was talking about, he said the woke mind virus. That's his thing. So It's his thing? Well, he's really leaned into it. He's like the guy that says that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, the woke mind virus is basically a form of cultural Marxism. That's so true, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> always saying so that. Uh, That's yeah. the thing that everyone understands what you're saying when you say that. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people seem to think this has a lot of um, purchase with the right. I, I don't know. Maybe no, it does, he, but I don't, I don't I just, think it does. I don't really. I think he has a lot of work to do to kind of win over no legs the super super active like the activist mediatized right wing base which yeah, are the I'm, ones that make I, all of the decisions in the Fox primary. was like making fun of him and yeah, shit like he's, you got Fox Sans Tucker making fun of you yeah like shit, your, your, your shit is your ship has sunk without leaving the motherfucking harbor yeah um, but I think it's emblematic fuck dude that can't be the new word I start saying I think it's uh I think it sums up. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense like that. Anyways, the guy, I think he's, because he's kind of this like befuddled dwarf, right? Mm. But his team seems to be like, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. You are an adult human being and you're using the word based like to describe yourself or your politics or just in any way. You need to commit suicide. 
And I feel like his team, I'm not saying this for them, but like, or any of you who do that and are mentally unstable, but I, I'm just like, his team seems like those kind of people who are like, I'm fucking bae. You're just on the internet too much. That's what that means. You're on mm. the motherfucking, you're tipping and tapping those keys like a motherfucking chimpanzee trying to write shake a spear. And you're on there. And these people are like, oh, we're based DeSantis. Like, we just got to get him out there and be like cultural Marxism, uh, woke mind virus. And people will be like, what a fucking, I don't know, how based of him or whatever. Yeah, totally. It, his team is t- is on the internet too much. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, an extremely, someone said once that like Trump was the first extremely online politician or whatever. It's uh, not. Uh, 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 uh. Trump was the first poster, yeah. maybe. But I think that has more to do with his own kind of um, like personal kind of th- like uh, predilection towards theatrics and yeah. camp than it does his own kind of, um, I don't know, personal history as a poster. But uh-huh. DeSantis is like the first extremely online. I mean, AOC is very extremely online, I yeah. think. But she hasn't really run a massive campaign like on this scale or anything Yeah, no, yet. yeah. Um, but he even governs like extremely online. Everything seems to be catered toward Twitter headlines and um, getting Chris Rufo to be like sick. Yeah, but it's like even less than like legacy media stuff, right? It's really like social media um, populist energy. It seems like it's going after or mistaken populist energy. I don't know. It's really interesting. Uh, I. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, well, I think I think it's I think there also needs to be like a distinction between like because Trump had legions of fans online, right, and offline. Yeah, but legions of fans online, and the thing is like the way that DeSantis is trying to activate people, it seems like is more in line with like the Bernie way, mm. where it's like you've got all these people online and posting like we, you know, this is I feel like should be a, a common knowledge by now. But if your candidate is on the motherfucking internet too much. That is a they do a stay away. You know, you don't want the posting congressman, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying Ron DeSantis himself is on the internet, but Ron DeSantis is controlled by a cabal of heavily plastically surgeoned mi- people in their mid 30s who are spending a considerable amount of their times on Twitter. I don't want to know the the staff DMs are going to be group DM staff group DMs. Ugh, disgusting. Insane. Yeah, uh, and this like that is a like Trump's people are like. They're they're committing infidelities of types that you've never even heard of, right? Like they are in the space age of doing shit. They're like guys in their mid-50s who could not – it's like Rudy Giuliani. He's not even his mid-50s. He's like 70 who's trying to get laid in ways that have hitherto been unspeakable. Whereas, like, the DeSantis people are just, like, it's, like, the mirror image of, like, the really, the 2020, like, Bernie, some of the cornier mm. people that worked for him then. Yeah. Like, it's, like, the image of that, but they live in Florida and are, say the word based. Yeah. Right? Or the Warren campaign. I look forward to the DeSantis campaign staffers getting Holocaust tattoos, but for a different reason. Yeah. 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 So, Liz, when I met you on Platonic Hinge, uh, like a friendship <laughs> app that I developed. Didn't they do that for a while? Did they? I feel like I remember, like, vaguely. I remember, actually, no, you know what? I think I just read people saying how they'd met friends on Tinder and shit. 
Bumble BFF. Uh, that seems like a great way to scam people. <laughs> uh, they so yeah, but I feel like I've heard about people be like, I met fr- like I'm here platonically or mm, whatever, like on Hinge and whatnot. But uh, I, that's where we met. Yeah, of course. Um, and because uh, of course, Ace Aromantic famously at sort of the app I created was for Ace Arrow people to meet each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I can't remember where I was going with that, but spaces. <laughs> but I originally want to talk to you is because you listed your interests as bodies and spaces. And now bodies, of course, famously because of my sexual predilections, I have no interest in. But spaces is something that I'm super, it just, I would say, enamored with, right? I've been in spaces most of my life. Um, and I continually, it seems like every day I enter either a new space or a space I've been before. And it turns out that Twitter has a space, sis. Liz, could you riddle me this? What is that? Well, that was the thing that Ron DeSantis was in. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like just live audio that someone moderates and hosts through like you know, I'll say I'll have a space and then a bunch of people join and you can kind of pick who's speaking at any given time. And a ton of other people can listen in. And I'll say that I have participated in spaces what? silently. I've listened, but I haven't like spoken only after um, basketball games because they're really big in sports. Like you go into the spaces and listen to what people are saying after the games. The post discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get real hot and they're re- they get real spicy. So from what I understand, Spaces was sort of launched, this is in 2021, as an answer to Clubhouse. Remember that? Yeah. So Clubhouse, of course, was basically the same thing as Twitter Spaces except just on a different website. It became, uh, I think, pretty quickly a race war style website. Uh, with just Wait, what is that? What is a race war style website? <laughs> Liz, don't pretend like we didn't actually in real life meet on a race war style website. <laughs> uh, race war style, race war. You know what I'm talking? Uh, a race war style website. You know, like a, a <laughs> website where you go to participate in some kind of what what colloquially they call Rahawa, but racial holy war. Right? It's like you like you got the whites over here, blacks over here. You got Asians. Uh, various Latin types of them, South Asians, East Asians, West Asians, Russians, all that shit. And you you kind of group with your race and then you fight a war on Incredible. a website. So it was basically just like different like discussion rooms about hating on other races. And you're telling me it wasn't successful. It was not. It was actually, I would say, it really <laughs> depends on your metrics of success. It was, uh, I don't believe it's in heavy use anymore. Mm. Um, but, uh, but Twitter sort of was like, we're going to do our own version of that. Cause it was big among like freaks on Twitter. Yeah, of course. I think it was big along a lot of the Bitcoin people and shit as well. Oh yeah. I've also listened to post, uh, um, fed meeting ones that are run by economists and stuff. In clubhouse? No, on Twitter. I've never – did you ever use Clubhouse? No. No, I didn't either. That's, I, no, I don't got that. First of all, if you're telling me to go to another website on Twitter, I'm not going there. Are you crazy? Don't Plus, ever go to a second location. I'm sorry. If I want to do the race war, I'm literally already a general in <laughs> real life on it. But what side? So – Twitter launches this thing. I know that they do them. I've never listened to one, unlike Liz. I'm not in there every Friday after the big basketball game, you know. <laughs> I'm, uh, But I was uh, recently asked to be part of one. Mm. A man named 
This is going to be rough for me. Mario Knopfel. Knopfel? Knopfel is a crazy last name. Knopfel. That's like someone giving a bad review of New Orleans. But they're saying he's not awful, not which I awful. like. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, I know who he is because I had seen that he had been the moderator of kind of the only Twitter spaces that like get like artificially boosted to me by Twitter. Okay. Uh like Elon, he, he, the list of past participants and 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 uh, you know people he's interviewed on it is impressive. Hunter Biden, Rudy Giuliani. I didn't know they would let him do that. It does seem <laughs> ill-advised for Hunter Biden to participate in that, and we were all kind of surprised that that they happened. They should not let him have a computer or phone. Well, I don't think he's probably allowed to look at certain websites on the computer, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, Spaces it is just, is not yeah, if I was the Biden team, I'd be like, do not do this. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, Elon Musk, you know, people of that caliber. I just realized all three people I have named have uh, been publicly accused of sexual improprieties. Uh, this guy DM'd me. He is in charge of something called Fruity. Um, Fruity. <laughs> Fruity. Uh, F-R-O-O-T-H-I-E. Fruity. It is appears to be... A website that sells fruity kind of um, fruit smoothie that seems to be a, a portmanteau, portmanteau, okay. uh, like kind of like Nawful. Sure. Uh, fruity sells. You should call it Nawful Fruity. Nawful Fruity. <laughs> Nawful Fruity is actually. Dude, Nawful Fruity goes hard. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he it sells. Says what it is right in the name. It appears to be like you know how so Liz you know me I'm dropshipper probably one of the most. You're like, a prolific dropshipper. Prolific dropshipper. Yeah. Right? If you've ever bought a katana in There's the United no States ship, of America. He hasn't from, dropped. Yeah. I think what Fruity is is like one step above dropshipping, or it actually just is dropshipping, just not using Amazon. Wait, but dropshipping smoothies? Smoothie makers. Oh, okay. What are they called? Blenders. Blenders. Blender. He oh, Fruity's a blender? Fruity's a blender. Yeah, see, when I said it says it right in the name, I wasn't being it does not. So he also is an NFT guy, including he has the well, stop sign shaped NFT profile picture of one of those little drawings. And uh, frankly, the man's goaded. Um, he's goaded in fire. Okay. And he was running the space. He DM'd me. He's like, hey, we're doing a Twitter space. On- How the fuck did he find out about True Anon? I don't know because he clearly had no clue who we were. Uh, and in fact, believed if, that I was. It was maybe one person who did it, whose name was True and on. Yeah, he did. Well, we'll talk about. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, he a second. kept referring to you as True. True, but um, <laughs> no. At first, they called me True Anon, and then by the end, we gained some familiarity with each other. Full disclosure: I loved this guy. Not like doing a bit. He was great. Yeah. Uh, they started calling me True. Do you think he can send us some fruities? I should hit him up. He did signal message me. I gave my phone number. Oh my god! He, uh, he did you? signal message me to ask if I had WhatsApp. Which I did forgot to respond to. It's been like two days, but oh. I will do that after we record. Yeah, let's get some fruities. So he asked me if I wanted to participate in a Twitter space, and uh, I sometimes when we get asked to do stuff like this, I will. I know what the answer is going to be yes. if I ask Liz. Oh no. The answer is going to be no 100% of the time. Yeah. I think it, I said something really nice too. Where she always does like, no, but you can do it. So what I always no, no, do. No. My response was those bases could be kind of hectic. Yes. It's probably easier if there's just one true non-voice, which yeah. is true. That's true. But I also know you just didn't want to do it. Yeah. I've been really enjoying sitting on my porch. 
All good. All good. I have, I am, I'm always, listen, I'm always available to talk. That's not true. But I'm sometimes <laughs> available to talk. And uh, so I say, of course, yes, I would be thrilled to. He said it was 6 p.m. that evening and they would send me, and they'd send me a kind of detailed like uh, list of things we might be talking about, basically none of which we covered, that it would be about Epstein. I didn't realize it was that formal. It was, he had a team. He had, a, the team reached out. Fruity team? There were, well, I think it was the Mario team, but I, they might moonlight as Fruity employees. Uh, so he, they, they reached out to, they had like a whole Google Doc and shit, like with like, you know, links to articles and stuff like that and like background on Epstein. That. I know, I was actually, I was a little impressed. Um, I get in there at 6 p.m., no one there. I'm on my com- motherfucking computer uh-huh. with the little microphone. That I have at home. Sure. And uh, I joined the Twitter space, and it won't let me talk. And that is when I found out that you it's cannot use your computer to use a Twitter space. Yeah. So you have to. So I always wonder why they always sound so shitty. It's because everyone's just on. I wonder what the thinking is behind that. I don't know. I, I You know, listen, I don't understand how computers work, okay. right? I know. I do know, though, that many websites let you use microphones, including some websites that I've used. Right? Um, I don't know why I said it like that, but that is technically true. Why Twitter doesn't have that technology, I don't know. But I think they fired everybody that could probably do that, or at least they don't have enough people to maybe get that really implemented. So it's going to sound like shit probably forever. So I get in this motherfucker, and I immediately see we have one of the most goaded lists of human beings that you could possibly have. First of all, I realize it's titled Epstein with Benny Johnson. Okay, can we talk about Benny Johnson? I don't... It's hard for me because I already feel like I used up saying gay with Ron DeSantis. So I don't know anything about him. In my head, he is a cartoon man. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think the only thing I've ever seen is like an avatar, which I do believe is a cartoon character. It was a. I don't believe he has that anymore. But at the time, for Wasn't a long it like time, like a little stick man with like crazy hair. Yes, with like kind of like which I will like say, wacky like orange hair, and it was like pencil stick man. In contrast to many people's drawn profile pictures on various it was websites, like reverse carrot. It does look like him, actually. You okay. know, it is a fairly accurate representation. It, Benny Johnson is sort of like who's that one motherfucker who yelled at his wife? Who's like scream? Stephen Crowder. He's right. kind of like Steven Crowder, but like low T. Yeah. Like, I, I've always, he, I, because he's like such a like online um, cartoon character to me. Yeah. He's just like the right wing clippy for me. Like he just kind of pops up and is like, hey. Yeah. Uh, transgender. Hey, is that transgender? <laughs> is that transgender? Which, by the way, he did work into this conversation. Yeah. Uh, he was colloquially known as BuzzFeed Benny. For quite a while. Did, what was that? Did everyone who worked at BuzzFeed just had the name BuzzFeed? <laughs> yeah, Buzz, yeah, they did. They all had to take it. Yeah. Uh, it was sort of a, it was actually the subject of a massive class action lawsuit. BuzzFeed Benny, which is, by the way, there's no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that. I, you call me, I am known as BuzzFeed Brace for any point of time in my life. I'm drifting into the shadows. You know, I live among the rats after that. I'm in this, I'm in the thieves guild. That's my new job, right? I commit burglaries and then bring a portion of the proceedings back to my guild members. BuzzFeed Benny, he's at BuzzFeed as Benny. 
And he's sort of like a token center-right guy, writing listicles about if Ted Cruz is Canadian, which is, I got to tell you, one of the most manly jobs you can have. Ben Smith, another BuzzFeed Ben. There was two of them. Well, one was Benny. BuzzFeed Ben and BuzzFeed Benny. Ben Smith, another, now, probably has the worst named outlet of all time, Semaphore now. Mm. Um, He defended, at first, BuzzFeed Benny from constant charges of plagiarism until an internal audit, I believe, found out that BuzzFeed Benny had plagiarized directly 41 different articles. So he had he had basically lifted other people's writing 41 different times. He goes on to run social for one of the hottest up-and-coming youth-centered focused media companies, the National Motherfucking Review. Um, he is fired from there. And then he's hired at the Independent Journal Review, another right-wing outlet, as the chief content officer, another fucking manly job. He's again accused of plagiarism by his colleagues, and he's also accused of crying at work because he would get so frustrated with people. That's fine. It's for a guy? I'm sorry. Hey, I don't say say anything about it when you start crying at work. I cry to manipulate you, Mm. okay? I cry to manipulate you and also to make you feel bad for me, which is I also, now that I'm saying that, manipulation. So, yes, and I cry when I don't get my way. And I cry when I think about Taylor just, like, in the hands of some orc. Uh, he gets fired from there. And then he went to the Daily Caller and also TPUSA and is now independent <laughs> with a radio show. But he's part of what people call Con Inc., right? Sort of, like, big conservative, you know? He's, like, he's he's gone to all the different outlets. He's sort of, like, one of those aspiring Bill O'Reilly guys. But the man does not have the juice. He is sort of like a uh, a budget. Who's the little fucking God? I can't remember his name. People always love talking about him. You know what I'm talking about? Jewish. Ben Shapiro. Mm. So many Bens in this world. So many Bens. Uh, he's kind of like he has the same cadence as Ben Shapiro. Uh, and but he's he just like doesn't have he just doesn't have the juice. Mm. And also, of course, long dogged by rumors that he. Uh, Likes fucking and sucking with the men folk. Anyways, he was not in the space when I got in there. Liz, does that make you sad? It. I. I was just. I was just thrilled that he. No. So wait, let's back it up. Sorry. Let's go through. So you you sit down. You're at the computer. Then you realize, oops, can't be at the computer. So you get on your phone, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, I did go do get that. the phone, and just all your papers are going everywhere, and you're I trying, have so you're many getting papers. like so nervous, because you're trying to get in the space, let me in the space, let me in the space, let me in the space, mm-hmm. and you get in the space on your phone, and you're just like, yo, what's up, it's freeze. Uh, yes, yeah, I did. I didn't know how it worked, and there was, seemed to be a lot of speakers, and I realized I was the only one without a blue check, mm. uh, which immediately put me at ease, because it made me feel like I'm different than everybody. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not like those other people invited to the space. It was it I didn't recognize any of the people in there mm-hmm. except for uh, well, a couple names. There's one like insane guy named Dom. And then of course my listen, I you're my main Liz, right? Mm-hmm. Ish. Like you're one of my main Liz's. There's another Liz out there who's kind of our colleague in some ways named Liz Crokin. Yeah, I don't really know who this person is. I 
do. And I was, you don't understand how, I haven't smiled. I think methamphetamine kind of fucked up. I read this a long time ago, and I don't know if this is true, but I think I, like, kind of lost the capacity to feel joy uh, because of that. And so this was, like, for me, it's like the meter broke and my gas tank overfilled, and I was so happy that I smiled. Liz Crokin is one of the most prominent, classic, like, way back 2018 goddess QAnon, 2017, 2016, QAnon, Pizzagate influencers. Mm. Like, she is she is their, like, guy or lady, rather. She's a former gossip journalist for you know, such storied publications like In Touch and is it Us Weekly or US Weekly? I've never known how to pronounce it. It's Us Weekly. Uh, Us Weekly, which they should make a magazine like that. Documentary. If it was US Weekly, there would be, it would be a There would be dots. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. She was, and this is where we were talking about this yesterday. She sued an ex for giving her herpes, which she claims, and I guess really did transform into viral meningitis, which is also coincides with what she uh, has claimed is sort of a mental breakdown from viral meningitis and possibly encephalitis. I'm no doctor, but Shit, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, she claimed the herpes left her. Permanently brain damaged. Um, and Does she attribute that to the QAnon stuff? Is she like, look, you can't get mad at me for being into QAnon because I went insane because of her beast? Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like she went insane and then she became somebody who— Because I feel like you can't claim both. It does stretch— It's sort of like, well, but lady, you're already saying that you're you're insane because of a medical thing— so why why should I believe you? Yeah, yeah. Well, she so this is where the, it gets even more wrinkled. After that, she writes a what 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 I think they're not calling autofiction book. Mm. She writes a thinly veiled autobiographical style book about her life or about a life of a woman who has a similar name to her and similar past work experience who uncovers some like plot about a Mormon president. It does feature a a president Mohammed Oyama. Wait, is that the Mormon? No. Okay. I was uh, going to say, that's no, that, crazy. No, I believe that's the per- person, that'd the Mormon. Be, that'd be kind of a cool wrinkle. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be a little, yeah, be a little like, twist. That's like, oh. Yeah. Twist. Wasn't expecting that. You should, they should, yeah, that is true. I. They, you should start, If listen, if you want to do some wild card shit, name your baby Muhammad no matter what, mm. right? Because that'll just like, that will Most open, popular name in the world. Most popular name in the world, right? It's the Marlboro Lights of Names. Anywhere you go, you can find a Muhammad, and that makes you feel at home. You know, so the book's called Malice and Muhammad Oyama and her ex is featured prominently in it. This is the same ex she says gave her the herpes that made her brain damaged and drove her crazy. She <laughs> compares him to JFK Jr. a number of times. Like I physically think, or like I think pedigree like wise? His, like his uh, vibe. Okay. And also physically, I would guess. Uh, also claims that he's part of a pedophile ring and well, that he gave his daughter Lyme disease on purpose. What, like through tick? I don't know. Poss- yeah, maybe like in Through a bunch of ticks t- on her? Put her? I mean, listen, I put... Or pedophile ring CIA, that's how you give someone Lyme. I mean, I'm not going to act like I haven't put a woman in a hole of ticks, right? I'm not going to say I haven't done that. But the, the mid-2000s... It's really more of a field that you got to worry about than a hole. Yeah, what do you think the f- 
the hole is, Liz. I dig the hole I f- in the field. I put ticks in it. I say, hey, do you want to go on a walk in this meadow with me? Yeah, yeah, and then whoops. I mean, like, you walk ahead so you can see the nature before I do, right? To make it so that it's untouched by my yeah. eyes. Hey, go look over there. And then I just do one hand, two hand, bam, you're mm-hmm. in the motherfucking hole, and I rescue you. I'm like, how'd that hole get here? Also, I tripped. I'm sorry. Yeah, now you got Lyme disease. Now you got Lyme disease, and oh, I have to take care of you. So uh, she believes every single QAnon thing. At one point, she claims that demons gave her dog bloody diarrhea. Well, that's mean. Both her dogs, bloody diarrhea. She is a major QAnon influencer. She's like in that HBO doc. I mean, she is like one of the big names of fucking QAnon. Mm. Uh, she was taken off Twitter four years ago. And she oh, was... Oh, in the big... in the big Like when they banned all the QAnon people mm. from social media. When the media. storm came. The storm, the storm <laughs> really came. And so I was immediately just like... Too mess it to see her in this motherfucker, uh-huh. right? Uh, and I'll say things started off, uh, you know, uh, predictably. Well, I tuned in. I was making dinner, and it was absolute chaos, like any space. Which, as a veteran space listener, I was ready for. Um, I will say this, Brace. Even before you chimed in. I don't because I don't know at what point I I tuned in. I kept tuning in and out because it got kind of it annoying. It was four and, and a half I was hours like long. Doing a bunch of shit, and then the basketball game started. But um, nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about. I have it's crazy. Like I don't think of myself as like a really knowledgeable guy. You are. Why? Why would you say that? I just I don't know. Cause it's just. I, I, you know, because, like, there's other people that know, like, everything, right? Dude, you are extremely erudite Well, I, I am erudite But, uh, I, I, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you, you know, like, I feel like everyone kind of thinks of themselves, like, I know some things, but, like, my knowledge is pretty incomplete, right? Mm. Like, there's a lot of people who know a lot more than me. Street smarts, book smarts. Yeah. I have, I have sort of a third kind, which is <laughs> yeah. called worm smarts. The third way. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of think it's my own direction yeah. on that, right? Um, and I was like, I am a genius. Like, I, my God. People, at one point, uh, th- this seemed to be a common misperception there, or con- misconception, rather, that uh, Epstein and Bill Gates themselves were working in MIT in a lab, the subtext of which is they were maybe making COVID. Wait. Like, themselves as scientists. Okay. The media lab is also has more to do with, like, computer. It's not like a... They're not, like, tinkering around with... Well, the other conception there was, and this was something that was brought up frequently. Uh, I I didn't... Listen, I, I gathered some timestamps for some of this stuff to play on the show, but this space was four and a half hours long, and my timestamps kind of cap out at an hour because that's all I really wanted to re-listen to yesterday. Mm. You can forgive me. Uh, but there was also a conception that was brought up several times by people that they thought that Epstein was maybe tasked by the CIA to infiltrate MIT, which betrays a vast uh, lack of not, not they. I guess they're not familiar with MIT's traditional relationship with the United States government because it's very, very close. And I don't think they need to hire somebody 
to get information about what's happening from MIT and like guide scientists. But I also like the idea that there's any institution anywhere in the United States that it's like the government is like, fuck, if it weren't for that impenetrable fortress, well, we would know what is going on in there. We've got to get inside. Well, that's that's sort of as the opposed f- to them just building every single institution from the bottom up. It's weird because that was that's sort of like a thing that you you see a lot because like Epstein obviously is like a I mean a lot of people know about it. A lot of people are like. Well, which is great, but a lot of people sort of think that it's like through that, like you'll sort of find out their views on like government agencies and stuff, and they seem to think that like all our government agencies are exist like they were started with these like pristine noble goals, and they were corrupted by some outside malign force, mm. right? Yeah, like they've grown very co- QAnon. Super, yeah, 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 and. uh that was that was a definite like major uh, strain of thought here, which I encountering was like you know I've encountered that many times in my life, but it was just like it's so frustrating because it's like well then what what do you think that they should be doing right like how does this if the if the Epstein stuff is like you're taking that into account like how is that so different than a lot of the things that they've done in the past? It's not. Um, I did encounter though a kind of as you might say classico theory. In that Hillary Clinton is gay. So, so Hillary Clinton allegedly was into females. I will say that there was okay. So I had clicked back on on my phone because I, you know, I knew that you had to be on the phone to listen, and I clicked back on, and immediately I heard, "Wait, are you saying Huma Abedin accused Hillary Clinton of raping her?" Yes. And I was like, "What the fuck am I listening to?" Yes, uh, there were several people in there who were under the impression that Huma Abedin had wrote written a tell-all book where she accused Hillary Clinton of sexual assault. Huma Abedin, who was she was the aide or longtime aide of Hillary Clinton, and in her book she did accuse Hillary of sexual assault. Now. This is very obviously not true, right? Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like we all would have heard about that one. But this was this was great because it was. I, I ran into a lot of people who kept saying that they'd done their research, but they clearly just read either the most insane websites in the world and yeah. then misread what was written on those. Yeah, which by the way, when you're reading the most insane websites in the world, you got to make sure you're not misreading them. Take your motherfucking notes. Yeah, and shout out to reading the most insane websites in the world. That's one of my favorite pastimes. The, that wasn't all though because that sort of led into a discussion about a video. Video known as Frazzle Drip. Frazzle Drip? Wait, what's the, the Frazzle Drip? What's that? Now, we've talked about Frazzle Drip on this show before way, way, like four years ago, Yeah. right? I mean, I've seen it. Liz has seen it. Um, Liz has seen it behind the lens of a camera. Because yeah, today I we're revealing <laughs> Liz videotaped the Frazzle Drip video. I have not seen it because it doesn't exist. <laughs> but what? there are so many. <laughs> this, at one point, a lady in this... Claims she had seen the Frazzle Drip Okay, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. So people who are just tuning in because they're like, wow, I thought I could listen to this space on the computer, but I can't. Um, Can you please explain to the listeners at home what the Frazzle Frazzle Drip video is a video that purports to show, well, there's a few different versions, but the most basic version is that it shows Hillary Clinton Killing a baby. Mm. Wait, well, you video saw a tree. video of Hillary Clinton killing a child? Other versions have her uh, 
wearing the baby's face as her own. Yeah, that's the one that I saw. And drinking blood. So I'll, I'll move away from Hillary Clinton drinking uh, a child's blood, please. Yeah. One of the common sort of like tales about this is that 12 NYPD officers have seen this video and like they, they were like, we're going to, it came from Anthony Weiner's laptop. Yes. Um, and that he had it as life insurance labeled on that. Uh, and that they tried to investigate it, but were uh, prevented by the Obama administration. Or I don't know who, I guess. That was after Obama. Anyway, no. Someone intervened and, yeah. The deep state intervened. No, this was during Obama. And and prevented, yeah, it was during Obama. Uh, They prevented them from revealing this video in which Hillary Clinton eats a baby. Yeah. And, you know, I try to say fat bastard style as many times as possible. Baby, it's what's for dinner. During this space. I said, I believe, successfully four times. Um, But really that is what she's being accused of here is, is fat bastard level crimes. And that was when I was like, this is the greatest uh, space in human history. I loved it. Um, But the host realized they probably had to rein some of this in, and so they kicked a bunch of the people who were talking about the Oh, they did? They did. Oh. Uh, Liz Crokin did try to say Pizzagate was real. Okay. uh, But she was clearly, like, trying to hide her power levels. Yeah, sure. Classic. Um, I mean, Liz to Liz, understand the move. uh, Totally, I get it. Uh, And then Benny Johnson came in, and it got really boring for 40 minutes while he talked and talked and would not shut the fuck up in his budget bullshit Ben Shapiro-ass bullshit. Um, budget Ben Shapiro ass bullshit BuzzFeed Benny BuzzFeed Benny suck a my dicka you fucking suck ass at talking (laughs) Uh, but the man can talk and the man takes very few breaths my problem is I'm always breathing and so sometimes when I talk I'm done with the stuff that's in me and I have to put more in right air yeah Benny has no such need the Mm. guy is just skilled he's full of hot air Already, right? He just expels that. That was bad. Um, but he dips out after I make fun of him, where he claims to have technical issues. And then I thought this was going to be like an hour and a half. I spent the next three and a half hours. Why didn't you just bounce? I tried to. I DM'd Mario behind the scenes. I was yeah. like, I really got to make dinner, man. Like, I'm super hungry. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. He was like, just a couple more questions. Two and a half hours later, yeah. I'm like, I just, I had ended up having to order food because it was like 10 p.m. I'm like, it'll take me too fucking long to make dinner at this point. And I want it done right, I wanted to get it right. This will give me a good excuse to be like, I have to go to the front door. Like, I'm getting out of the motherfucking space. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, Mario, he loved me. And I'm, I hope to make another return. The other guy who was the co-host, by the way, is part of Andrew Tate's war room and was the, Oof. quote, journalist who spread the rumor that Andrew Tate had inoperable uh, lung cancer. Remember that? And potentially fatal lung cancer. And so these guys, I just saying, like, I got to get in on this group of dudes. Sounds like you already are. You, you really got to do is get the Fruity Connect. I got to get the Fruity Connect. And I got to get a couple of motherfucking Bitcoins up in this purse. So one of the main things that we talked about was a little fucking nerd named Bill Gates. You heard of this guy? Anybody heard of him? Bill Gates? So a new Wall Street Journal article came out 
you know how there's been those like you know that series basically of articles that they have. Yeah, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal have basically um, spent a lot of time filing a lot of FOIAs to get a lot of documents out of the Virgin Islands based on a ton of the the um, stuff they've been filing in their lawsuit. Yeah, so I think yeah, best guess is they've been doing FOIA suits against the the motherfucking Virgin Islands and been getting this stuff this way. Uh, I know somebody who has the documents, and I know you might be listening to this episode, and I know you didn't respond to my text messages, but you can't escape me. I'm talking directly to you. You know who you are. Send me the documents. But Bill Gates, one of the hottest fucking studs. Liz, let me ask you this. A little fresh and fit moment. Bill Gates, 1 to 10. Um, sorry, what's the good side and what's the bad side? One to ten. I'm just asking you. <laughs> he is, uh, just a no thank you from me. A no thank you. Yeah. I'm going to say he's a 7.5. He has that, like, uh, you know, you hit a certain age and your skin starts to, like, go transparent. So true. He has that and, it, yeah, very ready. He's ready. Ready, ready but clear skin. But not clear of acne as in, like, see-through. So you know Gollum, right? Yeah. The fucked up. The little guy. He's like kind of an evil ape. Gollum at one point was a kind of hobbit. I don't know if you're familiar with the backstory of Gollum. Zero. Absolutely not. All good. You know what I'm talking about, Jan Chomsky. Gollum was at one point was a kind of hobbit. I don't know what kind of hobbit, but I do know this. I've always been curious of what Gollum might have looked like before he became a fucked up sewer creature. I believe Bill Gates belongs to that same race of hobbit you know what i mean like he's a diminutive man who but has, isn't he very big i don't he doesn't appear that way to me in my mental okay space in your memory of him um but i don't think he is that big no i think he's i think he's kind of i thought he shriveled. was tall i don't know if he is he reads not tall to me but i mean he, there's no way he's like over five, five ten. six. Oh, he that you think that's tall no you think i tall? thought you think five ten is tall no, I thought he was like 6'4". You thought Bill Gates was 6'4"? Yeah, but that he had really bad posture because he is always like rounded over because he is, hello, duh, computer man. He's so computer he's, man. He's, for his entire life, he's been, he's got, you know, tech neck. He's got His tech whole neck. life. He's got mm-hmm. tech spine. So Bill Gates, unlike many of you listening to this podcast, has been cheating on his wife. Well, ex-wife now. So Bill Gates, it's it's pretty clear, I think, if you read between the lines and then also read the lines themselves, that Bill Gates was a, and I'll say this again, I've said this many times on the podcast, he was a fucking coxman. He was going, well, don't shake your head like that at me. He was. That's the literal definition. Definitionally I'm a not coxman. shaking my head at you. I'm shaking my head at him. A philanderer. He's so disgusto. He was stepping out on his wife with a young Russian bridge player. Named Mila Antonova. Do you know how to play bridge? I do not. I, I don't so. know. Uh, what's the other people, the game people play? Cast, cast, canasta? Castaneda? Canasta? Canasta. I think bridge is having a big resurgence, though. It has been for a while. But. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, well, not with me. But with Bill Gates, he's been an average bridge, avid bridge player since childhood. He met Mila Antonova at some kind of bridge tournament. There is video. This is, you know, you can look, just Google Mila Antonova, Bill Gates. You can fucking find it. I'm not linking that shit for you. Uh, they're very flirty. She's like, oh, I'm kicking his leg under the table. 
Uh, she's in her mid twenties when they meet. He's in her mid. He's in his mid fifties. Mm. Um, problematic age gap, and they have some kind of affair. We do not have a lot of insight into what that affair looks like. That affair was confirmed basically by Bill Gates's people. Uh, the article is very scant on details about exactly how long that lasted, etc. But uh, a few years after this affair at least started, she was introduced to one Jeffrey Epstein convicted pedophile by a guy named Boris Nikolic. We've Who talked we about. We have not talked about in a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it quite a bit, sort of the beginning. But he's he's at the beginning of our show. Yeah. But he has understandably kept a pretty low profile. <laughs> Which is admittedly very difficult when your name is Boris Nikolic. Mm-hmm. But he was... Um, Much easier if your name is just Ben Smith. Bill Gates' science advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the executor to Jeffrey Epstein's estate. Yes. Epstein, of course, was very, very close to many at the Gates Foundation, including... Melanie Walker, who's also a bigwig at the World Bank. He'd known her since the early 90s when he approached her alongside one Donald J. Trump while she was sightseeing in New York City at the Plaza Hotel. She was close with Epstein and had an address listed as his address listed as her address for like a decade, from like the 90s to 2000. Later, of course, married Stephen Sanofsky, an executive at Microsoft. So we learn in that article, too, that Epstein and Gates met together with Norwegian officials. Which, yes, there are officials from Norway. Mm-hmm. Something that I learned from reading this article. Including one. Okay. You, you got to do it. You, you can pronounce names any way you'd like. Actually, can I do it? Yeah. Thorbjorn Jagland. It's, can I try mine? A little ping pong here. Thorbjorn Jagland? Thorbjorn. Thorbjorn. You name your baby? You look at a baby and you're like, that's a Thorbjorn. He, anyway, he's a former prime minister of Norway. They meet at his house, a f- house he owns rather, in France in 2013 to discuss a possible Nobel Peace Prize for one Jeffrey, or excuse me, for one Bill Gates. Um, they now claim, at least Gates' people do, that... Epstein and Bill Gates met with these Norwegian officials in order to discuss the security situation in Afghanistan in relation to Gates's polio vaccine. My question here is, Liz, you are Bill Gates, like the famous rich guy, probably the fam- most famous rich guy before. I mean, he probably still is the most famous rich guy, but like, you know, Elon Musk kind of supplanted him in some ways. Mm-hmm. But like Bill Gates doesn't need an introduction from Jeffrey Epstein, right? You'd think. Norwegian officials? Yeah, I don't really believe that. Yeah, I'm wondering what they were doing at that villa in France. Um, And anyways, fast forward to 2017, and Epstein sends an email to Bill Gates asking him to reimburse him because he had paid for the young Russian bridge player Mila Antonova's coding boot camp. Back in 2013. And Epstein was like, you go, you got to pay me back. Yeah, this guy, I mean, that that was his MO. He's always paying for girls' tuition. Mm-hmm. But Gates' people are claiming that it was an attempt at blackmail, which I think actually makes this story kind of important because this would be the first actual literal confirmed case of Jeffrey Epstein doing blackmail, specifically involving 
a young woman, although of course of age, a young woman and a prominent, powerful person like Bill Gates. And so I think it's actually pretty major in that um, in that sense. But by 2017, Epsi wasn't doing so hot, and Gates, I think, just did not respond. Now, Liz, let's go away from the gates to a place where many of our listeners live, the U.S. Virgin Islands. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're talking about this gates thing and there's all these emails coming out and we're seeing kind of how Jeffrey emailed for the first time. And we're seeing a lot of that come out in this Virgin Islands lawsuit, right? But it's not just the lawsuit that the Virgin Islands filed. But J.P. Morgan Chase has mm-hmm. now countersued the Virgin Islands, right? Which is very interesting. They, you know, so to kind of back up a little bit, the U.S. Virgin Islands they filed their lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase last December, right? We covered mm-hmm. this on podcast a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, the whole thing is that you know they're accusing J.P. Morgan Chase of knowingly profiting from Epstein's trafficking business. And so all of this stuff is kind of coming out in discovery and through all these filings that the Virgin Islands is, you know, filing. <laughs> Jamie Dimon, the chair of J.P. Morgan Chase, is, is being deposed this weekend, which is huge. I doubt that any of the deposition will get leaked, but if it does— or if you have the power to do so. Send it to us. You should do it. Don't send it to Brace. Send it to me. Send, don't send it to me. <laughs> I, I don't look at my email that often. Um, but so like I said, right, J.P. Morgan, they countersued the U.S. Virgin Islands. And as a part of that suit, they filed this like 30-page document basically claiming that, okay, don't look at the bank. You should be looking at actually the Virgin Islands government because they themselves, itself— them very selves, have been uh, profiting off of Jeffrey Epstein's business basically since he was convicted and then he moved to the Virgin Islands. Um, and we, you know, we talked about this a lot. We've talked about um, all of, all these names are going to sound pretty familiar to people who've been listening for a while. But what J.P. Morgan says is for two decades and for long after J.P.M.C. exited Epstein as a client— the entity that most directly failed to protect public safety and most actively facilitated and benefited from Epstein's continued criminal activity was the plaintiff in this case, the U.S. Virgin Islands government itself. Now, I hate to, like, do this, but I'm going to do this, which is this bank has some points. Some point. wait... I think you should do it. Okay. You can say it. Believe in me. Look at me and believe in me. Points were made. Points were made. I got to say, I got to tell you this. J.P. Morgan is serving. Look, J.P. Morgan understood the assignment. Uh, Oh, did they? Um, No, they really do, though. I mean, the the whole 30-page filing is really interesting. It puts forth the, like, very totally not surprising and absolutely believable argument that Epstein and the Virgin Islands government were, like, they had a total quid pro quo relationship. Absolutely. I mean, we we covered this, like, I don't know if that was a couple weeks ago, but, like, whenever that was, like, a month ago. I don't know when that was. I think it was back December when this filing, when they first filed their suit, when the Virgin Islands filed their suit, but can't remember. Yeah, they basically said, J.P. Morgan says, you know, the government enticed Epstein with tax incentives so that he could park his money there. 
and then True. looked the other way when he walked through U.S. Virgin Island airports accompanied by girls and young women. So that is – I mean so there was also – Benny stupid-ass Johnson was under the impression that Jeffrey Epstein had a airport on Little St. James or Big St. James. No. Not – or Great <clears throat> St. James. Wrong, asshole. He flew into the U.S. Virgin Islands airport. And yes. we, I don't have a lot of insight on how that process of him walking through the airport looked like, but – Looks like somebody does. Yeah. Jeffrey had uh, some pretty high up contacts in the government who would basically, as this is what J.P. Morgan alleges and seems to be very true, would basically arrange and handle all of the customs at the airport. Um, I mean, you really, you can't make this shit up. You know, Jeffrey Epstein, who was a registered sex offender, right? He has to go through customs at the airport whenever flying into the U.S. Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. right? He would then be accompanied by young women. That would be a flag anytime you're traveling. Yep. Right? He's a registered sex offender. It would come up on the screen. Like, that would be a flag. There are emails here where Jeffrey Epstein is, uh, you know, talking to who we're gonna, we need to talk about a little bit. First Lady Cecile DeJong, mm-hmm. who we have talked about. Friend of the show. Um, basically saying, asking who was in charge at customs and then calling out by name supervisors on like various emails throughout like, you know, this tenure there saying this person gave me trouble. This person was really good. Please, I don't want this person working. Blah, 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 blah. Like, Emailing the first lady, the governor's wife, his pick of who he wanted to be uh, the customs agents at the airports when he was flying in. Uh, As a thank you, he even emailed and asked about how he could send every single customs agent at the Virgin Islands airport a turkey for Thanksgiving. Really? So you remember from our recent episode on the U.S. Virgin Islands and Jeffrey Epstein, the attorney general of the U.S. territory— Denise George was fired a few days after filing this lawsuit, right? And at the time, we were like, I think they probably don't. This is like embarrassing to them, right? Because there's no way that you can have a lawsuit from the U.S. Virgin Islands against Jeffrey Epstein without mentioning the fact that Jeffrey Epstein was tied in so tight to many former governors of the U.S. Virgin Islands and to like practically the entire elite of the entire territory, right? Yeah. And it looks like that is coming precisely true with these emails. I mean, that is fucking, that's very, 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 very damning. Yeah, I mean, the whole filing makes a really good case about the longstanding relationship between Epstein and the government of the islands. Basically, so it started in 2009 when he he sought to arrange the supervision of his parole to be transferred from Florida to the U.S. Virgin Islands, as he was making Little St. James his permanent residency. He then registered there as a sex offender in 2010. And he, um, you know, he basically emailed back and forth with officials on how they could rearrange uh, or what his preferred language would be in the sex offender statute in the Virgin Islands. So... There's a ton of officials that are named in this filing. The past three governors, Jean Dejean, who we've talked about, Kenneth Mapp, double P, mm. and then the current governor, Albert Bryan, who's uh-huh. the guy who fired Denise George, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Cecile Dejean, who I mentioned, is the wife of the former governor, Jean Dejean, mm-hmm. and was, of course, one of the, um, you know, she would call herself a manager. Others would call her president or sitting on the board of 
uh, at least one of Jeffrey Epstein's companies that was incorporated in the Virgin Islands. Albert Bryan was also, I believe, Jean de Jong's protege. Yes. And kind of came up in the ranks behind him. So the, you know, these email exchanges between him and Cecile, or First Lady de Jong, uh, are pretty fucking damning. I mean, the one about the sex offender legislation is she literally emails, this is the suggested language. Will it work for you? And Epstein replies, we should add out of country for more than seven days. These files could also be accessible by the press. If we are not careful, a list of who I stay with would, you know, say it violates my privacy, restrict my business and livelihood, which is pretty crazy. And then there's other emails where he just like, you know, he'll email her straight up, you know, who should I be voting for? Like, What's who are like the people that I need to get in with? And Cecile would reply, consider putting Celestino, who's the I think I believe a senator, Celestino White, on some sort of monthly retainer. That will get you his loyalty and access. This is, I gotta say, lawsuits aside, these emails seem like they should be in a regular sort of fair world, fatally damaging to basically the entire governing apparatus of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, That will most likely not be the case. But Denise George, if you would like to come on this podcast, this is an open invitation. (laughs) Because it seems like, I mean, that is just like, what's crazy to me is like, just like getting these, like, you know, one of the truant on rolls is get in writing, right? Not this. Like, you should not be corresponding with the wife of the former governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Which actually— At the time when she the, he was the governor. The U.S.—no, the, the wife of the, of the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands says that in her emails. She says, we should stop emailing about this. Yeah. And, gee, I mean, it's just like—it's astounding. Like, I guess they thought they would never get caught, which, you know— that makes sense, I guess. But it seems like he was really bankrolling the entire U.S. Virgin Islands, or at least the politicians therein. Yeah, and I mean, it was a pretty good system. I mean, he got basically a shit ton of tax incentives to set up shop there. And, it, you know, a lot of the money—it's funny. So the the first filing, J.P. Morgan, uh, you know, filed this last week, and it was heavily, heavily redacted. And then they— like basically lifted a bunch of the redactions, which included a lot of the politicians' names. And you're Mm. like, okay, that's interesting. What they kept redacted was basically anything that detailed actual uh, accusations of criminal activity and uh, money stuff, which is really interesting. So like the part that refers to all the criminal activity, you know, says, you know, it's like, first, U.S. Virgin Islands permitted Epstein, a registered sex offender under its supervision to... Second, U.S. Virgin Islands granted. And then whole pages remain redacted that basically go over how the U.S. Virgin Islands systematically gave Epstein preferential treatment, which included, like, conducting cursory site visits or being like, you know, how do we kind of let a lot of this sex offender compliance stuff lapse? Like, it is all heavily redacted, and you really can't tell exactly, you know, what they were aiding and abetting, basically. You know, it's funny because, like I mentioned, like I, it seems like the government of the U.S. Virgin Islands was probably not thrilled with Denise George filing this lawsuit, right? I mean, one of the reasons that she was ostensibly fired is because uh, the government claims that she did not inform them that she was filing this suit before she did. Yeah. And one has to imagine that the reason that she did that 
was probably because she knew that there was a lot of really damning stuff on what looks like the entire political apparatus of the U.S. Virgin Islands. I mean, it seems like really the the, the territory is run just by like a criminal cartel uh, who are being funded by one of the most notorious sex criminals of the 21st century. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think the most damning, um, just really awful evidence in this filing uh, that allegedly, again, allegedly, Hate, again, hate siding with Chase on this one, but Chase alleges that uh, Cecile, the first lady, helped Epstein's uh, girls get visas so that they could come visit the Virgin Islands. And in order to do that, she set them up with student visas through the universities. Um, she, she would enroll them in English classes, English as a second language class, at the U.S. Virgin Islands. And there's emails back and forth where basically it seems that what they're suggesting is they don't want... They, they need to show that there's proof that these girls can pay tuition in order for their visas to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says basically that they should think about whether or not, quote, he should sign the letter or one of us because having a registered sex offender sign as proof of funding for underage girls or, you know, 18-year-old girls, students – to have get their visas, um, you know, pushed Student through. Visas pushed through, yeah. Would not look good. So basically, she was completely and totally aware of what was going on and what she was, you know, kind of trying to work around. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, according to J.P. Morgan Chase, the University of Virgin Islands basically structured an entire class just to enroll Epstein victims in order to provide them cover for being on the island. In the first place. I mean, that is major, right? Like, yeah. th- th- like this is what I'm saying. It seems like just, I mean, U.S. Virgin Islands is not a big territory, right? You know, not a ton of people live there. And it seems like anybody who is in any position of power was essentially in the pay and the employ of Jeffrey Epstein. Well, I want to put out an open offer to both sides on this. U.S. Virgin Islands, we'd like to hear your side of the story. (laughs) If you want to leak anything against J.P. Morgan Chase, do it to this show. Absolutely. J.P. Morgan Chase, I have banked with you for zero days, but I would potentially in the future if I figured out what's going on with that. Uh, and we offer an open invitation for you to both give us a loan at extraordinarily low interest rates, but also to come on the show and leak whatever you have against the U.S. Virgin Islands. Do you remember our Celebrity Deathmatch? I do, the claymation television So show. we should have that, but for J.P. Morgan Chase versus the U.S. Virgin Islands. We, to all lawyers out there, let us be your voice. Let us let us be your champion. Yeah. Let us please. And what a voice we would be. What a voice we would be. Just please, any documents that you have, text messages, anything like that, send it on over. We love to read it. We'll read it out loud on the show. We'll do funny voices. We'll do it in a space. We'll do it. Well, yeah. You know what? We'll do it in a Twitter space. And, oh, we'll do it in a Twitter space. No BuzzFeed anybody's allowed. We'll do it in a racial holy war motherfucking clubhouse chat room. I'll do it. 
and various other apps that were created sort of during COVID and then really lost their utility soon after. SoftBank, that is also an invitation for you to fund us on maybe a $100 million, $200 million app that we would create to fulfill a certain niche interest uh, that fades within three months, if you would like to do that. Uh, we are doing Series A funding right now. Uh, and uh, let me just tell you, the wallet is open to receive money. Then that it. wallet is easily hacked. <laughs> it's so easily hacked. My password, by the way, is Brace Belden. Um, I am joined by... Liz. We are, of course, as always, sitting right next to Young Chomsky. And this has been Trunon. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein.